Hi, and welcome to MentorCore. If you're new here, we're a community focused on helping people in the security, risk, and compliance fields grow their careers and leadership skills through mentoring. You can find more information about MentorCore at mentorcore.biz. I'm Dan Ayala, along with Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. Now, on to this week's discussion. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another MentorCore. Um, Lisa Beth is uh, on assignment this week, uh, so she won't be joining us. But what it means is I get more time to talk to our guest today. Uh, Hussein Syed is the uh, Chief Information Security Officer at RWJ Barnabas Health uh, and is here today to uh, spend some time with us. Welcome, welcome, Hussein. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Great. Good well, um, before we, I know, I know you spend time with Lisa Beth in one of the um, in the fire in the Wednesday evening fireside chat uh, security discussions that happen in Clubhouse. Um, so, uh, so I'd love to get to know a little bit more about you, as would the people that are listening. Um, tell us a little bit about your backstory. How'd you get where you are? Where'd you come from? How, how'd you grow your career to where you are to be a chief information security officer? Wow, loaded question. Thank you. So, you know. <laughs> My background is uh, pretty—I would say—pretty bland in terms of how other folks have, you know, more through life in different situations. Um, I studied computer science in college back in the '80s, you know, dating myself today, <laughs> and then uh, started working within the world of IT, you know, as an IT admin, network engineer, consulting engineer for consulting companies, and then went over to for a number of years into a dot-com back in the early to late 90s and 2000s there was a another boom just like what we when the one we just had <laughs> and it was called the dot boom dot-com era and worked for about five years in in a startup and it unfortunately it didn't go anywhere so i stepped back and was able to uh, take a job as a security architect uh, with RWJ Barnabas Health. Back then, we were a seven hospital health system. Now we've grown to be 13 hospitals. And since that was back in 2003, 2003 or 2002, I forget now, but it's been that long. And been here since then, building the security program and doing just information security. Um, and it's, uh, you know, as we've always talked about, you know, it's, it's always a learning experience when you're in a field of IT or medicine or pharmacy. There's new things, you know, being innovated on a regular basis and the individuals have to themselves learn, grow and be passionate about what they do, have that work-life balance and be able to do other things as well as, as, well as you know, build their career and not get burnt out and just continue to grow. You know, that's really my backstory. If I go back to childhood, you know, I'm originally from Pakistan and spent a number of years in Africa with my parents before coming to U.S. and studying computer science at college. Nice. Yeah, you and we, we have similar um, similar paths uh, in our careers. Uh, there, there are a, a fair number of us, but not as many as I would have expected that all came up through, you know, security and infrastructure uh, yeah, 25, 30 years into the field. Um, but that all that time in, what what has changed about how people need to look and think about security from then to now um, that will allow listeners or people coming into the field 
to be most successful at getting better security into their organizations or into their everyday lives? So excellent question. So, you know, the, the, the field of information security has transformed itself in the last, I would say about five to eight years. Mm -hmm. It has left where, you know, firewalls and antivirus software to business process reengineering, understanding how business wants to succeed and where are the security risks and gaps and how do they need to be filled. So it has gone from a security engineer to a business leader type of a role. Um, so the role of a CISO really, or even a senior risk management uh, professional is more about aligning business priorities and how do they get converted into six risks and then the how what risks and how to mitigate them right we have business continuity business interruption cyber you know identity and access management all these areas really are business centric disciplines and security or it just supports it so i would say that CISOs have had a, lot, a very rapid growth pattern here yeah. They've had to learn business, whatever respective business they're in, they have to learn that. They have to be able to communicate with the business leaders and be a good listener. The key is to be able to listen and listen and listen and understand because that's a learning opportunity for CISOs to understand what is business looking to accomplish. And if business isn't able to accomplish what they're looking to do, then there really isn't any need for the support staff, right, to be there to help them grow. So understand that needs of the business, transfer them into the risks and security controls and bring them back to your team and help them understand why it needs to happen in a way that it strikes that balance. At the same time, be able to work with IT folks uh, and internal auditors and external auditors and you name it and be able to present that, the facts apart from fiction and so that the organization can understand why there are empirical risks and how do they need to be addressed. Uh, and that is also a growth uh, potential for the organization because some cyber risks can really create a you know, reversal of the business opportunities. Should people in technology roles still consider the CISO role a viable career growth path? Or has it become completely business driven? I mean, there's no absolutes in the world, but is, is a technology path one that still leads to the CISO chair? I, I think so. I think for, for a few more years, uh, the CISO role will be driven out of the technology, but, uh, but as it starts to grow, you will see that the CISO roles will start to go and come from marketing side and other areas, just like the CIO role. You know, most progressive organizations do not want the CIO to be a, a IT person. They want him right. to or her to be a business trier, to be to a business enabler, right? And that's where the CDO roles came in to be chief digital officer to transform the business from what it is and take it there. I think the CISO is really going to be there. Uh, and we've already seen that many CISOs are now coming out of different disciplines. Attorneys are becoming CISOs more. Some other business leaders have decided that they want to take this because they feel that they can help the business grow quite rapidly because they are able to strike that balance between where the business needs are and where the IT security needs are. But again, you know, 
that is an opportunity for everybody to take get into cyber or in information security and be able to help the business. And the field is growing. You know, there are about, about only 30% organizations have CISOs today. And in the next five or 10 years, hopefully there'll be 70, 80%. There'll be board opportunities. And you know, things are just growing. And this is such a rapidly growing uh, profession where there's the sky is the limit. You know, there are startups bringing technology people into CEO roles and they're, you know, helping grow the, uh, the vision of uh, what security should look like. Yeah, without question. And it's, uh, uh, this is the, <laughs> I, I, I like to, I would love to say that 20, 30, or 30 years ago, when I, when I started down this path, I had knew that this was going to be the end game. Uh, but no, um, you know, the, 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 the fact that security has become what it is, uh, is a wonderful, um, a wonderful benefit, but it's also not too late, right? People who want to get into the career can still get in and find meaningful careers. You don't have to have been a 30 year veteran. What, oh, is, well. what is it? I guess, what are the pros and cons of coming in with a lot of experience right now versus coming in with a completely fresh view? I don't know if there's any pros and cons to either. I think it, 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 I would say it depends on the individual and their learning aptitude. Of where do they see their career trajectory to go? You know, do they want to be a technical centric CISO or do they want to be a business centric CISO? And many organizations are looking for a, either a mix of both or they solely want the CISO to be a business focused CISO. The chief trust officer role that, is, that we are seeing now more of up is similar to that, right? It's right. more around business enablement. Um, I think uh, from my vantage point, I would say anyone who really has a passion for security and understanding risks and how to mitigate those and have the discipline to develop strategy around uh, information security and uh, along with the business uh, strategy, is the place to be. Uh, and I wouldn't really discount anything. Anybody who wants to be in security, regardless of what background they have, are welcome. You know, there is a huge shortage of security people. There's a huge shortage of cybersecurity people. There's a huge shortage of security leadership. So anyone who is charismatic, and I'm not that I am, but anybody who is, you know, has a home here. Uh, this is a a profession that's going to continue to grow for a number of years. And there's also a opportunity to grow out of a CISO role into many other roles that the individual would you know, envision themselves to be in. Um, you know, depending on the line of business they're in, it, it could even be chief operating officers or even hopefully someday, you know, CISOs will become CEOs of organizations because they get to understand every area of the business they're in, right? How does the business operate? It's not a one-dimensional uh, direction that a business goes into. Right? The strategy gets developed, the new products come in, the new processes get developed. Uh, how does the business operate from end to end, the ecosystem of whatever business we're in, whether it's healthcare, manufacturing, finance, you name it, it all has its own idiosyncrasies that, get, that develop that business. And all business leaders understand the business from end to end, the good ones at least, right? And the CISOs are right there. So there's an entry point for CISOs to come in, learn as much as they can, 
you know, balance their life with uh, whatever else they need to do, grow, there's educational opportunities, learn, and then see where they want to be. So this will actually be a stepping stone for many people, especially younger entrants into this field who are in their early 30s, going to law school, MBAs, and have the passion for leadership, get in, learn, uh, you know, grow with the business, and then see where they can go. 10 years ago, did you ever think that the CISO wouldn't be a terminal role? Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's a, you know, this, those uh, numbers are luckily changing now that, you know, the 18 month markers changing to longer tenured CISOs as well. So that, that, that's a, uh, that's an encouraging thing. I, for myself, I've been with this uh, establishment for about 20 years. Oh, so yeah. Here, right. So some of those rules haven't applied to me, luckily. You know, I love being where I am and what I do. So, but you're right. I mean, it has been a very uphill battle for many areas and organizations where the CISOs have come in and realized that there's lots and lots of challenges. And then if a CISO does not gel with the rest of the organization, unfortunately, sometimes the best thing to do is to move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, my tenures between five and seven years uh, in the role, which is, you know, well exceeds the 18 to 24 month. And honestly, I have to be honest, most people I know that are in these in, in, in chief information security officer roles have been in their jobs well beyond 24 months. So I, I do question that metric a bit, because uh, that means there's a whole bunch of people who have been in it, in their job for three weeks and quit in order to offset the 20 year and the 10 year and the seven year. You're, uh, in order you're to absolutely get to right. Numbers. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to a, into a multi-billion dollar business, it could potentially take you just to be introduced to the to the right leaders, take you months, and then mm -hmm. learn the business and start to help to develop what you're being you know hired to do could could go into a 24 month period, unless right. you've been brought in to just to set the stage and exit. So that's a different you know situation. True, 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 true. Um, are you familiar with uh, it's Rafik Rehman is his uh, is his name. He does the CISO mind map. Um, and, and you, you brought up a point earlier that I want to raise and uh, get your feedback on you. You mentioned it. I want to reinforce it for people that are listening. You know, the idea that you don't have to be in tech in order to be an information security practitioner professional. There are, this is a, this is a mind map that, that, that mm -hmm. Rafik puts together every year. It is infinitely large about the roles and responsibilities that fall within the chief information security officer organization. And huge numbers of them have nothing to do with development, with coding, with infrastructure, with firewalls, with networks, et cetera. It's about this growth beyond. And so I, I wanna take that point and just make it clear to people, you, if you wanna get into the field, you don't need to be a CS major. You don't need to be a developer. You don't need to be a network engineer in order to come into the field. So I put the link in the show notes, uh, take a look at it. Uh, and if there's, there's topics in there from project management to, um, to finance and accounting that are all part of the security function as well. Um, so, have you are you have you are you familiar yes. with this uh, yeah. with this mind yeah, map? I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the mind map and I've looked at it and briefly studied. And he's absolutely correct. You know, the the task of coding and programming and configuration management is part of information security, but it's not a CISO's function. CISO's function is to organize, develop, plan a strategy, help the business understand why things need to be done. A very simple example would be, you know, environment hygiene. 
how do we make sure that uh, the, there are processes in place from procurement to you know, disbanding an environment, why do you need to do the risk assessment to ensure controls are built into the processes? How does to, how to projectize uh, implementations of major security initiatives, how to work with the business, how to do, report on the progress of that business, what tangible metrics people are going to look for, how to sort of create that balanced scorecard where, you know, there's multiple areas of a, uh, of a business that need to be taken into account and be reported on and, and, and actually demonstrate the proficiency of what the security organization is doing. That is really the sole, uh, you know, job of a CISO is to be that conduit between IT, business, audit, and the senior management or the board of directors or the audit committee, wherever the ultimately reporting goes to. Uh, the fluidity of, you know, information security, as you can see from the mind map itself is, you know, I'm sure in the next couple of years, a couple more uh, you know, tentacles be added and there'll be more areas to, uh, to be able to. But if you see that, you know, there's left side and there's right side, you know, there's technology and there's business and how do they intersect and how do you bring everything together and be that voice of reason to ensure that the no one's getting paranoid about not the business not the it people yeah <laughs> yeah without question balance is the key balance is such a key piece of the role in the word um yeah. and on the balance topic you know you're you you are in the role you have a team um balance in life and balance in in keeping your mind in a good place uh is equally important to the success in in all of the guardian fields that MentorCore covers and from, from security privacy compliance ethics risk governance um and so i guess i'm curious uh how you approach uh well-being in what is often a very taxing topic area and how you encourage your teams to maintain good well-being? Excellent question, Daniel. And I will be first one to admit that it took me a while to realize that, you know, work-life balance is an important aspect of being a human being and a successful person. Um, in the last five to six years, uh, you know, I've been taking, ensuring that there is some kind of an exercise routine that I follow. I encourage my teammates to take time off spend time with the family. And I discourage, you know, after work events with the teammates. Because, you know, if I'm going out with them and going and taking them out, then essentially I'm engaging them in more work because if we're sitting together, we'll end up talking about work, right? So they be on. Yes. <laughs> um, but at a personal level, it's important to engage with the family, mm -hmm. you know, relatives, friends, children, significant others, to make sure to talk to them, to get their perspective on life. And that could be a learning experience as well, because as our children are going, they are seeing a lot of different things. Uh, and it uh, gives you that balance of, you know, where the mindset changes when you shut down, you relax. Um, you know, even watching a sitcom can help you, you know, unwind a little bit, take a walk, hiking, you know, swimming, whatever it takes to, uh, to, to get away from business. And it is a challenging thing because we as, especially folks in the information security, just seem to think that, you know, if we're not there, things are not happening. 
you know, and, and that's something that we need to break is to say, uh, we're trusting our teammates. That's why we have helped them grow, mentored them, helped them, provided the right training, the right balance, the right management uh, uh, exposure so that they can make the decisions in our absence. It is also a good uh, part of succession planning that if I go on vacation and I'm not called, that means things are working right. That doesn't mean things are not working. That really means that my team is capable of managing what they need to do and not have to call me for every minor decision that needs to make, be made, right? So that, that, that in itself strikes that balance. But on a personal level, I think uh, there was a report that was published a couple of years ago where you know, there were some very um, strange findings they had that you know, CISOs that resorted to anger management, drinking, you know, there were some instances of suicidal behavior because of the stress level that comes about. And so I think CISOs need to, and a peer group, and the peer, you know, peer counseling is important as well, yeah. where you are aligned with the rest of your CISO friends and hear from them, how do they relieve stress? And, but, but at the same time, be able to communicate to your leadership internally to say, you know, this is what's stressing me out. We need to really do something about it. And if they make a decision, whichever direction that needs to go, then as a team player, we need to kind of accept that and not you know, stew on it and move on to the next uh, better initiative that we need to focus on. Uh, that, that is the key. And, you know, sometime figure out what is, what clicks and what time do you need to shut down every day and spend at least two to three hours either meditating or doing something that will give you mental rest. No, I couldn't agree more with everything you said was, was, was really good stuff. I saw something unfortunate this morning on LinkedIn. I was a post about somebody um, clearly in the U.S. Uh, who had who made the comment about um, the recommendation to employees not to take long vacations because you come back from two or three weeks and the company realizes that they don't need you. Um, I tend, I, I am, I am so, I was violently against that when I saw it because uh, all it does is encourage the work and busy culture, the, the, the stay engaged culture versus the keeping your mind, taking time and refreshing your mind culture. Um, and it was, uh, it, it actually hurt. It was in the people in the information security field. Um, so I, I appreciate your answers there because they were all the, uh, the opposite of that, taking time and finding I think uh, I think the poster was quite insecure about his <laughs> position. Yeah, his yeah. Place of it, employment. It, exactly. But then there were unfortunately also people that, 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 that commented back in support of that approach. Um, but luckily the other was, uh, and then think about how much they'll miss, you, how much when you get back, they'll, they'll realize how much they missed you while you were away. I don't know that that's equal. I think that's differently challenging, but, um, but I think the ideas of trust, the ideas of, of trusting in team, the ideas of being able to take time and, and put your brain out of it so you can recharge uh, are really important. Um, and after we're done recording this, I'm going for a swim for just that reason. <laughs> Bravo. Good for you. That's an <laughs> important piece. Yeah. Well, Hussein, we're unfortunately already at the end of our time together. Um, so I want to ask you uh, our final question, which we ask all of our guests, um, is about the best advice you've received from a mentor in the course of your career or in the course so, of your life. It doesn't even have to be in your career. So, 
in early on, you know, when I used to work as a computer operator, um, we had a, we had an executive who would come in for his reports and stuff. And you know, there will be mistakes made on the reporting. Maybe the arithmetic didn't work or something, and people would panic. And he would say, you know, you will never get fired for making a mistake, but you would get fired for hiding a mistake. So be transparent to your superiors when you make a mistake, fix it early, come clean, and that will build confidence in you from your management. So that was one thing that I've kind of made sure I follow is if I make a mistake, I need to clean, come clean and report it and figure out how to fix mm -hmm. it as opposed to hide it. The second advice I've known is where I had a boss who said, you know, when I left my last job for a sabbatical for six months, nothing changed. You know, my second in command stepped in and I was able to run the business until I came back because I made sure that I enshrine all the values in my team and help them grow along with me so that we become one, one group of people, a team, you know, delivering the value we need to our organization. That's those are two stuff. things. Yeah, that's wonderful stuff. Thank you so much, Hussein. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing these great insights. Um, I don't tell Lisa Beth, but I kind of like it when she's not here because then I get to have a great conversation one to one. Um, but she will be back for our next episode. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about the Clubhouse Fireside Chat that you're part of. And we can put links to it in the show notes. Certainly. Uh, so we started this fireside, fireside clubhouse, fireside chat about a year ago. You know, the main person behind it, as you know, is Tomas Maldonado, and then a number of us came in. Um, and what our goal there is to invite uh, senior people in every discipline there is, and talk about their life journey. And and we ask questions about thirty minutes them from ourselves there's a group group of moderators and then we open it up for the young people or people who are looking to break into those respective disciplines to come up and ask their questions and it the sole purpose of it the fireside chat is to help this impart the lessons learned on our part and others or peers part to the folks who are looking to grow in that discipline. We have had CEOs, we have had CISOs, CFOs, COOs of banks. Um, and we should have you on one evening and have you, you know, talk about your life story. And it's just a, uh, the way, you know, uh, Tomas and Lisa Beth say that it's, it's a small way of giving back to the society that we are trying to help folks understand, you know, that it's not that scary to, to drive to where you want to be. Excellent. Well, I would love to, and uh, I look forward to it. So thank you so much for being here. If you want, if you're interested in the, um, in the Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern fireside uh, chats. Uh, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Sorry, 8 p.m. Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, fireside chats. Uh, check in the show notes or check in the, in the description below to uh, find out more information. Thanks so much, Hussein. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Hussein Syed is the Chief Information Security Officer uh, at RWJ Barnabas Health uh, and, uh, and our wonderful guest. And we thank you for being part of the community. And we thank, thank you. you, the listener, 
for being part of our community as well. Uh, if you're interested, we do have a Slack community that we're building out for people to come uh, talk with each other, talk with guests of the show, uh, find jobs. Uh, we do have a, a, a job posting listing and career advice channels uh, where you can ask questions and connect with, uh, connect with colleagues in the security, privacy, ethics, compliance, risk, and governance fields. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, there's also a link on our website, mentorcore.biz. Uh, we also love your feedback. You can find us, uh, email us at info at mentorcore.biz uh, with feedback on the show, ideas for future guests, uh, or any kind of feedback that you'd like to give. Uh, and all of our podcasts are available on your favorite podcast application and on our YouTube channel. Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you again on the next MentorCore.